Welcome back, perfect peeps. Today with me, I have Renee Brandel, and we are going to talk about AWS Amplify Admin UI. How's it going today, Renee? I'm, I'm doing good. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing real well. I'm so excited to uh, talk about this. We've been we've been kind of hinting at it in the background on AWS Community Builders. So <laughs> now that's in the wild, we get to show it off a little bit. The Amplify Admin UI is a visual interface for front-end web and mobile developers to develop app backends and manage app content outside the AWS Management Console. Teams can use the Admin UI to create and manage enterprise-ready, scalable, and secure cloud backends for their apps. It sounds magical, Renee. It, it is magic. I think for, I think for most front-end mobile and web developers, they'll start using it and, and just get really delighted. So I have to be honest, I, I come from a, a Firebase background. I'm Firebase GDE, and uh, they've they've had the emulator a little bit, and it's always been one of these things like, oh, I, wish, I wish AWS had kind of a, a similar thing for Amplify, and boom, we dropped it. So it's kind of exciting to uh, check out this new product and show it off a little bit about Renee. He is a senior product manager with Amazon AWS. Uh, he is currently on the Amplify team right. project. Um, any more to add to that, Renee? Yeah, um, I yeah I, I joined the Amplify team about eight months ago. I've always been in product management and building developer tools or. Or, or partnership software. And uh, yeah, I'm super excited to show you guys all of this um, fancy admin UI thing that we've got to announce today. And uh, a fun thing about me is I tweet about dogs quite often I, and I reincorporate them into all my reInvent talks. <laughs> That's super exciting. So our, our kind of counterpart to AJ on Coding Cat Dev is uh, a character called Casey. So we haven't featured Casey much, but... Soon, we're doing a little little work with Casey right now. He's he's kind of a Basset Hound character, or she. Uh, we'll see. I don't know where we're gonna end up with that. I was just gonna say let's let's dive into it. Um, I'm going to uh, bring up for those for those listening, we're gonna dive into the the admin UI kind of sandbox arena. So I'm gonna share my screen now. And so what we have here is kind of the, the getting started and the links will be in the description if you're looking for how to get started with the Amplify UI. If you're, if you're coming from Amplify previously, what you'll experience is mostly that was geared towards a CLI experience. Um, so you're in the terminal or console getting started or possibly you did a lot in the AWS console online. Um, what we're going to show off here, and I'll drive a little bit until, until Renee says stop it and he might take over. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so what we have here is kind of an alternative where you're actually doing most of the development um, on, your, on your actual computer locally. And technically, and correct me if I'm wrong, Renee, you don't even need an AWS account to get started, right? Cor correct. So, yeah, I mean... We really wanted to make it easy for people to jump in, to play around with Amplify's capability set. And you know, the easier we can make it, the more developers get to enjoy it and play with it and see if this is the right fit for them. And so what do you think um, you would recommend for a, a person to get started with Amplify? Is, is it the admin UI? Yeah, I think so because we talk about um, many front end. Uh, we, we talk to many front end developer customers, right? And a, a common theme that we see is that um, they they like to 
take advantage of a lot of these cloud-based features, but don't necessarily want to deal with the infrastructure underneath it, the configurations, and all the security rules that you need to set up to not mess up anything by mistake, right? And so I think a graphical user interface that you just click your way through to at least set up the initial parts of your backend is uh, is the easiest way to get started, and especially you know that you don't even need an AWS account to do so. Yeah, I kind of feel like occasionally <laughs> cloud formation can be a bear. So um, for for someone to be able to skip that piece and get to the the fun stuff, that's kind of a huge win, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, we can maybe capture talk a little bit about like Amplify overall, so that people can um, just you know get the context a little bit more and what the Amplify admin UI is net new in. Um, but basically, just just for folks who don't know what Amplify is, Amplify is helping you to develop, deliver, and manage your application. So on the development side is we help you provision your, your cloud backend for your mobile app or web app. And then, uh, on the, and then you can connect to them using our Amplify libraries. You can connect to Amplify provision backends or any existing AWS service backend that you already have. And then... Um, once you have uh, your application set up, you can um, use our hosting service to really distribute your app globally to everyone. Um, we have a static web hosting service that, that that you can access through the AWS console. And then uh, once your application is in the wild or even while you're testing, you can actually manage your application's content, like look into, for instance, what kind of data has been stored, right? You can uh, you can also manage which users are signing up or create sample users right from there without having to have to build all the UI for it. <laughs> so oftentimes, my use case is oftentimes I just want some scrap data real quick. And so I, I, I use the Amplify admin UI as a, as a super quick way to get that up and running. Yeah, Renee, can you show me a little bit more about the, the sandboxing for AWS Amplify uh, admin UI? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the way to think about the sandbox is really a, the new way to get started with uh, Amplify, because you can basically get started without an AWS account. So if we, uh, for instance, go ahead and create an app backend, we can get started without an AWS account and really go into this experience to play around with it, see if it's the right fit for our app, and then and get started with it. Yeah, it's really cool. It's it's interesting that they have the three features kind of lined up here between data authentication and file storage. How does someone usually pick? Uh, the vast majority of our customers use actually data because it is okay. it is it's the thing that people feel like the most hurdle on. Like they're afraid of committing to something that they don't want to <laughs> you know, use long term. So people love to check out data first uh, for authentication and file storage. Um, there is a more like CLI-driven experience to, to get started. But with data, really, you can get started without an AWS account, test it locally, and so on and so forth. Cool. Yeah, let's jump into the data. That sounds exciting. Cool. So yeah, so if you use the CLI before, we, we provide, again, the same set of samples to get started with, because we know some developers just like to have something in there before um, before getting started with a with backend data model. And so for our use case, let's just create a create a block schema, if you will. So okay. these, the block schemas that are laid out here, is this, these are kind of like the models that are in AWS uh, Amplify today with the CLI. Is this also driving like databases and things behind it? Yeah, so the way to think about this is the visual way for your GraphQL uh, SDL, if you will. So if you use the Amplify CLI today, you essentially edit the GraphQL schema and 
we cascade out the DynamoDB tables, the AppSync resolvers, and the entire AppSync API for you so that you can access it. And basically now, instead of um, having to learn the GraphQL SDL, you can actually just use a visual way to model all that content in there, right? So for instance, I have a, I have a data model called blog and a data model called post. If you're unfamiliar with that concept, it's basically a table. That's the best way to think about it when I explain to, to new people coming, coming on board for the first time. And each table has basically fields. And for instance, uh, like an ID, a name, and also something called relationships, which allows you to essentially have one have a reference from one data model into the other. That's pretty cool. So for people that have written Amplified, that's like the at connection feature that we normally are used to. Yeah, and and exactly. And and what we have done is also we've uh, we've made sure that you know customers don't have to deal with the implementation details of at key, um, which is like a, a a way to designate um, indexes, uh, sort sort keys, and and. Uh, and GSIs for, for the DynamoDB um, table. And so here we basically abstract all that concept away by just having a nice UI around it. So when you create a post, um, uh, create a relationship called posts on the blog side, you can say, okay, this is a one-to-many relationship with, with posts. Or I can just create a many-to-many -many relationship with posts. Like if you've ever done this before <laughs> traditionally, um, you basically are asked to create a join model, which is a table that has both sets of information. And then this that join model would have one to many relationships with both of the other tables. So there is a lot of complexity there. And basically now we make that complexity so simple that it's just like one UI element away. So I, you know, <laughs> add add a main uh, add a add a, add a many to many relationship, and instantly it creates that join table under the hood. So I don't have to be necessarily aware of it, and it automatically also applies all the um, the union of the authorization rules that are set on both of these models. So you have a correct access pattern even on them. So that's just like one of those little things that you know we try to make it super super simple now that we have a graphical user interface to actually have this real estate to show all that. I'm sitting here thinking about like what the resolver code looks like for that. And oh my gosh, this, this is so much better. Well, well, well the magic for you is that you don't have to worry about that, right? right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's, that's you can really see cool. the field also update on the other side. So automatically creates a blogs uh, a relationship on the, uh, on the target model and that you can essentially relate each other to. Yeah. Yeah, that's really sweet. Um, coming from probably even a SQL-based world, this probably makes a lot more sense to people than just here's here's a model and you have to figure out Dynamo underneath. So that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me just change this back to a one-to-many so it's accurate. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it would be weird if like posts would be on multiple blocks. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, just a very basic data model there. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, do people typically um, click the uh, the next button at this point, or go into test? What's what's kind of the next step after you do the data modeling piece? Yeah. So Actually, before we jump into that, can you can you tell me? It looks like in the title fields of this, are you doing verification somehow? Like, yeah, yeah. So actually, if we you know type an error in this model name by just you know putting oh my in there, that's awesome. Automatically catch it. And we do that on on pretty much anything. So if you have, for instance, um, uh, for instance, uh, uh, let's say name and you know 
add like special characters into the field name will automatically go and tell you what the exact error is so that you can also go and fix that yourself. That's so helpful before like waiting for the amplify push and, you know, getting halfway through a build or something going, Oh, I can't do this. Yeah. I (laughs) mean, the benefit of this is it's like, it's really compatible with the amplify CLI, but there are places where having graphical user interface will just get you to some of those fail fast situations a little bit earlier. Right. And then, and then you get to have this really nice experience where you can iterate on your data model as you go uh, and then deploy it whenever you're, whenever you're happy about it. Yeah. yeah, that's massively powerful. That's exciting. Cool. Cool. And and yeah, to your question, basically the, the top right-hand side here is a progression indicator of like what we think the, the perfect flow is. But, you know, some, some customers also are like, you know, I don't need to test this thing locally. I know this will work. <laughs> Let me just go and click deploy and just, you know, be happy about, about everything, right? <laughs> that's scary. Yeah. Uh, well, we I guess can... I guess if you're building an MVP or something like that, yeah. that probably does make a lot of sense. The the other thing we have also seen customers do is just because the sandbox is so easily reachable, they start developing data data model in sandbox despite having an AWS account, and then they just <laughs> want to have a quick way to to go and deploy so they shortcut that that step for themselves. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame them. That that makes things so much easier. That's hugely powerful. And the the other thing, this is like this is like my my one of my favorite features. I have so many favorite features about Amplify Admin UI, but this is one of my favorite ones where it's like this this sandbox is actually um, saved behind a unique URL. So if I go to this URL, I can always come back to my environment despite you know closing the browsers and whatnot, right? But once I deploy it, the sandbox environment will get you know destroyed and, and nobody will have access to your data model. So that was the thinking behind it. But the other benefit of this is actually we provide you a mechanism to share this data model as a template. So if you're writing like um, blogs or tutorials about Amplify, traditionally you always had to you know copy in your GraphQL schema and have people paste it and go through a CLI workflow of running Amplify Add. And now basically all they have to do is um, click on that link and we automatically create a new sandbox environment with the data model that you had originally in here. Uh, and then they can just go and deploy that. So if I, I just copy this as a template, so if I go and paste that in now, uh, you'll see it will clone my uh, uh, my data model that I had there in a second, or not. So how how long do those kind of live out there? Um, so I'm kind of thinking through for codingcat.dev. Uh, I could I could create tons of tutorials from a starting place from this UI, will they live long enough so I could leave those uh, those URLs around? Yeah, so those uh, those URLs are, are, are going to be accessible until you deploy them, basically, right? Awesome. But one, once, once they're deployed, we're going to lock them down because, uh, you, you know, obviously you're getting into then a more serious product, right? You have it running on the cloud, so we don't yeah. want just anybody to be able to have access to it, right? And, uh, and we do that in a very secure way as well. Yeah. There's some sensitive models out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we don't expect customers to put PI in here, but because they are just open text fields, you never know what people put in there. Yep, totally. Yeah, cool. So what's if I were building this out, what's the next step at this point? Yeah, so the next step is actually to test this locally within my app, and I can uh, I can choose from the most popular frameworks. So we have iOS, web, Android, 
right? And in within each of them, we have the popular frameworks that they're supporting. So web, it's like React, Angular, and Vue. Um, and you get to pick your pick. All of these should work. <laughs> Well, I, I think I see all the uh, React examples all the time. I think I'd uh, go for Angular for once, see if okay. see if that bites. There you go. So yeah, so let, let's go through this entire workflow because we really want to make sure that even if you're new to Angular, you have kind of a workflow that you're already familiar with. So this is not like something entirely new for you, right? So let's, uh, let me, uh, how do I do this? To Best. Let me uh, just share my screen on my terminal, and then uh, we can test it from there. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So it's it's kind of neat. Um, if you're a web developer, you're probably used to like npm install, and if if you haven't used it, npx is kind of an automated version of that, where it looks like it's gonna uh, pull down some uh, a repo to uh, spit out a bunch of code for us. So that's kind of exciting. Um, it looks like Renee, you're able to, uh, to yeah, let me to go do and that copy. command. Yeah, so this npx oh. command essentially is using the Angular CLI. So I oh, I already have an app name like that. So let me rename this to uh, Coding Cat Dev. Oh, I love that name. Love that name. Man. I don't know why. <laughs> Very catchy. I, I wonder how you come, came up with that name. Is there a cool backstory behind it? Oh, it's it's a decently long story. Maybe one of the, when this uh, are we doing an npm install? It might take a minute. Let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, this, this will take a minute. Yeah. So I I, I have my my company name is Agent LLC because it's kind of my initials, if you if you will. And there's more to that side of it, but um, no one could remember it. I don't blame them. It's it's a terrible terrible company name. But I started drawing up. Uh, our logo and it was uh, a basset hound who actually there's another character called Casey that we kind of use as well. Um, who that was my original, my cats or my, my wife's staring at me going, our cat's sitting right here. Why can't you just make it about a cat? Like people remember cats. And I was like, okay. And so yes, our, our AJ logo, because I had AJ on P at that time still, uh, we stuck, we stuck with that. So, um, the cat's name is AJ, uh, modeled after our wonderful cat, Xena. And, uh, we, we do have the, the dog logo still or character as I like to say, uh, Casey. So that's the, the very abridged version of how we came up with coding cat dad dev. I think it's a super catchy name. I love it. So yeah. Awesome. So now let's uh, go to coding cat dev, and uh, and let me. This is now going to be like screen share circus, <laughs> going back and yeah. forth. So now, if you go in here, we'll actually provide you the next steps. Right, you can go and install the Amplify CLI, which is a local tool that runs on your local development machine to interface with Amplify. That means you know, pulling down the sandbox information or, uh, or pushing things up once you have deployed stuff, right? And there's, there's a lot more functionality. You can add a bunch of capabilities through the Amplify CLI. It's a really powerful toolchain. Um, but for our use case right now, we're just going to go use it to pull down my sandbox information. And so in order and to yeah. For for people that were already using Amplify, this was released in four 
4.38 of the Amplify CLI. Is that correct? Uh, it actually got released a couple versions earlier. So I think it's okay. 4.36 and onwards. But obviously, we recommend people always using the latest version. Yeah. <laughs> Very right. cool. Okay, cool. So let me switch to my VS Code where I had open coding cat dev. So you'll see my regular my regular Angular app. Like if you're familiar with all of this, this should be no news to you. But let me go and create a new terminal. And from here, I'm just going to run Amplify pull sandbox ID, which I copied from the Amplify admin UI, the sandbox. That's really neat. So it's actually taking kind of like a repository from Amplify and, and bringing it down locally then. Correct, yeah. And you can see we're like setting up like this Amplify base project, right? And we detected automatically that this is also Angular. So we don't, uh, you know, cool. we, we have some smarts behind that. <laughs> and uh, you can see a bunch of folders now getting added and a bunch of files. And we can go through that in a second. So I think the first folder is this Amplify folder. That's our local representation of your backend. And if I go in here, you'll find, for instance, the uh, GraphQL schema of the visual data model that we just created. So you can see the, the blogs, they have a post, and you know they the posts have comments and so on and so forth. So there's like all this goodness is automatically here. Uh, you don't have to know any GraphQL for this to be useful because actually what we do is we create fully typed definitions of your backend data models. So the way to interface with your backend API um, is called the Amplify Data Store. You can also call the GraphQL API directly, but Amplify Data Store makes a few things much easier. It's like a um, it provides you an object-oriented programming model to really interface with that backend. So basically, when I want to save a blog, I literally write data store.save new blog. Like it's super object-oriented. I don't have to worry about network requests, conflict resolutions. It is offline by it enables offline scenarios by default. So if, if you like all that goodness, then Amplified Data Store is really something, something really, really cool for you to just get started and get up and running with for your app's data model. Yeah, it's really awesome. And since you're kind of living in, in Angular, the fact that it's you know, an API that's strongly typed, and now you're getting the, the typings to actually call, um, the, the whole flow kind of fits together really well. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, let's just see. Let me go back to my uh, admin UI and look for the next steps. Yeah, because one of the things that we're trying to do is to make this um, make this path fairly verbose for uh, for for new developers even. So when they go to the next step, they'll actually understand. Oh, I have to go and, for instance, do stuff like polyfilling my uh, my Angular app because Angular doesn't support the window <laughs> uh, thing. Um, so let me do that real quick. It's funny. I, I still want to see all the examples where people are using Angular not in the web. I know they're out there. I just it shocks me every time. <laughs> okay, and then uh, and then the next step for me is to actually in, install the Amplify CLI. Uh, sorry, the Amplify libraries so that I have a mechanism to interface with essentially this this back, this, uh, this local backend, if you will, that I create. So I'm just going to go run this npm install command. Um, the, the last step uh, in this initialization phase is essentially for me to have this um, have this Amplify instance in my Amplify in my Angular application configured with the with some some information so that it's instantiated properly. So let me share my VS Code again. 
you'll see that my VS Code is just installing the Amplify libraries, and voila, it's done that. And I can go to my uh, go to my main.ts file, and in here, basically, just paste in this Amplify configuration, and you'll see a few things have happened. So uh, in this AWS exports file, it will have in the, when I deploy my backend, this will actually get populated with my GraphQL endpoint information and whatnot, right? So there's a lot of lot of goodness here that helps with the synchronization once your backend is deployed. For right now, we just do this so that we don't forget it later once we deploy our backend. So that that's actually really interesting. Right now, you could run this app without any configuration touching AWS, and it's still going to work because of the data store side, correct? Exactly, exactly. So yeah, yeah data store huge. is completely offline. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, and, and we wanted to, um, we explored different pathways for this, and we really wanted to make sure that customers don't even have to like run a long running local task like uh, that that would, you know, have yeah. a local server or something like that. So the data store actually interfaces directly with IndexedDB as like a local persistence uh, layer. And then uh, whenever, whenever things are ready to be connected to a cloud, to be synced with the cloud, there's a little sync engine that runs as part of your data store's initialization. It basically checks, oh, is there something happening in the cloud that I don't know of? Or is there something local that's happening that the cloud doesn't know of? And then just does all the conflict resolution handling for you. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing tool. I I was able to get it to uh, kind of run away from itself, but it, it took a lot of hammering on on data store. So it's super powerful and and robust. Yeah. Um, let me let me now go back to the admin UI again and go to the next step. So you'll see here now, and the next step is really where the meat <laughs> of the conversation is. Really where. Um, we we tell people how to you know get started quickly with the API so that they can you know um, write, just write the boilerplate code around an Angular and then get to the CRUD operations for a data store. So we, we wanted to make sure when we designed this product that um, people can defer to the documentation if they really want to know the details, but we help them throughout the entire path as much as possible. So I don't need to even understand how. How data store necessarily works from documentation. I can literally copy paste code from our uh, from our code generator here to um, to look at uh, you know how do I how do I query for instance for all the blogs? How do I create them and whatnot, right? And then we also provide a handy guide for like how to handle these um, different types of relationships of one to one, one to many, and many to many. So there's like a full on example guides and telling you what the implications are of these different types of relationships. At, at this point, can you do anything with uh, subscriptions at all? Does that come from data store? So even the subscriptions, um, there, there is value in it. So the way you can think about it is if you have two different components that all require information of the same model, they can actually subscribe to local changes as well. So if I, one model goes and adds a adds a new blog, the other component can immediately show that new blog, right? So there's all that observability of, uh, also helps with that. Uh, the code generator right now only showcases the CRUD operations just because they're more common. But yeah, real-time use cases, I didn't even mention that before, is um, natively supported as part of uh, almost all Amplify use cases, not only data store, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Cool. That kind so, of... Uh... 
as I as I often say, like I'm Firebase GD, so I'm always thinking how do, how does it get back to that real time and kind of comparing the two. But I think that really makes sense if if you're able to like, especially in the comments field, if someone's you know talking in a blog and you immediately get that response and can reply to it, that's huge. So very yeah, cool. yeah. Basically, in a if we would have a comment, it would be basically like datastore.observe and then we can pass in a subscription function that ha that gets triggered every time a, a new change essentially happens right there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Does, is there, uh, I don't know if it does it now. I didn't see it when I was kind of messing around with it, but um, do you foresee providing kind of the GraphQL directly in the UI at any point? Um, once you're kind of modeling out and say, I don't want to pull the whole thing down. I just want to take it into an existing project. Um, uh, you you uh, the schema, the schema. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, we haven't ruled that out yet. Um, the reason the the reason we went for the current route is we just really wanted to focus on the visual experience to be uh, to to be flawless, right? To be something that customers can go and ramp up on very quickly. If they want the schema, they can always use the CLI to go and modify that. Like none of that goodness has changed. Like we wanted to make sure throughout this entire experience, it's fully forward and backwards compatible. So customers don't have to make these trade-offs even. Awesome. No, that makes sense. Very cool. Cool. So yeah, so we can use this code here, but um, I'm, I'm not sure if you, do you want to see me writing Angular code. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the best use of our time, but you know, basically you can copy paste all this code and we help you with the boilerplate to essentially kick off your development without having to you know, deep dive into the documentation and whatnot. Oh, it's very neat. Um, so the the entire admin UI, um, we basically uh, the way it was written was uh, it's a create create React app, I, I believe, if I looked at the source code correctly, and that's all hosted out on Amplify currently. So it's it's some super kind of trippy thing there. Yeah, after, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, this is now I guess you know looking under the hood a little bit, right? Uh, it is correct, yeah. So the actually the sandbox, the admin UI, it's all a React application that serves create React app, correct? And um, yes, we are hosting it uh, on Amplify itself. So it it is really really meta. But you know they they That's say around compilers that compilers are successful when they compile themselves. I guess uh, Amplify is successful by deploying itself. <laughs> so the inception has occurred. We're we're successful. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and basically from here, like if I have tested out this API set, if I'm happy with it, you know, I can play around with it locally. I can basically deploy this to AWS, and there's different workflows for if you have an account or if you don't have an account. I can go click in here to deploy to AWS, and from here it's super simple. Basically, I just provide a provide the app name, hit deploy, right? So, uh, coding uh, cat that is awesome. That's gonna be AWS some, sorry, that that's a cool way of saying it. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, like it. I like it. That's going to be my my backend name, um, and then I'm going to just go and deploy this. So it's one click deploy from basically sandbox into a a running application runtime. And so what happens here right now is we're creating an Amplify app, which has your front end, uh, which has a front end environments which hosts like your which are static web hosting, and also a backend a set of backend environments which are CloudFormation defined uh, defined uh, stacks that you can clone, that you can go into with the admin UI, 
and and yeah, we, we can switch to a um, let's actually switch to a deploy backend so we don't have to wait for this uh, deployment to complete. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I think this is a massive step forward for the the Amplify framework. Cool. Um, do you mind if we walk through kind of the admin UI out in the the cloud portion of this? Yeah, absolutely. We can we can definitely go through that. I, I can, for instance, go to my one of the demos I've showcased on on Twitch the other day. Basically, once I deployed my uh, Amplify app, uh, I get to have access to the admin UI through the AWS console. So I basically just one click and I'm landing within the Amplify app and UI. Now in here, yeah. basically I can view my data model. In my demo, I did like a dog and a breed and like a Pupperdex application, which is a Pokedex for puppies. Um, but I get to do so much more, right? I can also view the authentication settings for my application. Basically I can specify how my user should be able to sign in, how my user should be able to sign up, like what's the different password policy I want to impose on top of them and I can even provide you know sample uh, sample messages for forget a password or even multi-factor you know so we can provide uh, optional multi-factor capabilities and have it enabled through SMS or have enabled through one of those authenticator applications that you might have been using right so there's a lot of goodness there that we provide in a visual way so that's a little bit easier for you to to, to get up and running. Yeah, that's amazing that you can tie out to all of that stuff. So at this point, you've kind of turned a corner though, right? Like you've essentially jumped out of the, the admin UI as a local tool, and now you've actually hosted something in the, the Amazon console itself, correct? Yeah, that is correct. So basically now every uh, I just switched to a different tab with a deployed backend, but basically every Amplify project that exists today can fully take advantage of the Amplify admin UI They'll, uh, they'll see a little new tab showing up on the left-hand side here where they can click on it and they'll, by default, will be off for an existing project for every new project will have it enabled by on, right? So they can just flip it on and they'll get access to this, you know, uh, this uh, beautiful interface where they can actually start doing some of those development and management capabilities visually, right? And is, are there any limitations when you're in that admin UI? So like you have, a hundred different tables, well, that's a lot, but <laughs> a, dozen, a dozen different tables. And, um, you know, each of them have seven GSIs, uh, global secondary indexes. Um, is, is there anything that would limit you from staying within the admin UI or is it fully featured and you could actually step away from the, the classic Amplify setup and just remain within it all the time? Yeah, so the Amplify, uh, the Amplify admin UI is actually um, fully backwards and forwards compatible with the CLI. So for for the data modeling capabilities, we basically uh, require you to use Data Store to do that. So we'll configure some things on AppSync so that you get this nice experience. For um, if you're just using the GraphQL API, you will still be able to leverage that, and but we'll give you instructions on how to do that through the Amplify CLI instead of going through the visual interface themselves, right? Gotcha. But, but uh, let's say you don't use data store, you can still take full advantage of our user management capability, right? So I can go and you know, create new users right from here uh, and, and whatnot. So I can have Alex at, I don't know, coding cat. Um, this is a real oh. domain dot dev. <laughs> and, um, and if it's an email, I can put it in here as well and just create a, uh, password for you, right? 
So basically, you should have you, you can basically create users like this. I can also go into those users and see what their account status is, copy their sub ID, um, suspend them and delete them and whatnot. So basically, this this gives you a sense that on top of the development capabilities, which is what we do today as well through the Amplify CLI, we make that a lot easier with the Amplify Admin UI. But also, we bring all the management capabilities now. So users, obviously, we manage that. You can also manage user groups. Um, but then in addition, you can also manage your application's content. So for instance, in, in our case, I have a dog table and there's like two dogs in there, Blair and Pixel, right? Or in my dog, uh, dog breed, I would have different type of additional dogs, uh, dog breeds in here. Yeah. Another, another thing that we, um, that we do in the management piece is not only do we allow you to uh, create a new dog breed like this, but we also have give you the ability to edit and markdown. So if your front end already renders everything in Markdown, might as well just show you a Markdown editor here as well. So I can say, you know, golden doodles um, are cute and basically write all of this in Markdown. That's right. funny. That's, uh, that's a feature we're working on right now for Coding Cat. That's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Maybe you should just base it off of Amplify Data Store. That's, that's true. I could. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, so this is um, this is the management capability, and then and then on the other side, we hear a lot of like customers trying to use the um, management capability, but they don't want to give people access to like deploy their backends by mistake, right? <laughs> or, or or mess with the backend. So they want to invite maybe non-technical team members to the application and help administer that backend. So in the Amplify console, you can actually go to the admin UI management tab and in here invite different users who don't even have an AWS account to participate in your backend. So the beauty of the solution is really you only need one main AWS account holders and all the other team participants don't have any sort of requirements of having to have an AWS account. So I can invite Renee, the marketing guy, um, <laughs> Yeah, gmail.com with manage only access and then I'll be only able to see uh, the manage the marketing guy only will be able to see the content and user management tabs and everything else will just be hidden for them and then for uh, for the developer we can uh, we can still invite developers um, with full access who who don't even have an AWS account so the new amplify CLI that we have allows people to authenticate against the admin UI directly instead of uh, only with the AWS account. And that way we can enable basically many more people to get into this ecosystem, play around with play around with, uh, with Amplify. And, and uh, just maybe if you're in a consultancy, you would invite your client for a short periods of time, right? Or, or the other way around, yeah. Yeah, that's that's really incredible. It's almost like you have built out a CMS platform essentially for um, for Amplify. I mean, being able to allow those those other users content capability and things like that. Um, and then the great part on top of all of this, if if those of you who are listening are new to AWS Amplify, you're also hosted on AWS. So. All of these features and, and feature sets all exist somewhere in Amplify. So uh, functions are going to be your lambdas. Storage is going to be DynamoDB. You have your GraphQL API, which is uh, AppSync, essentially, or your REST API, which is API Gateway. So you're kind of just taking all these Lego blocks that um, AWS has built up over the years. And this is just a beautifully crafted tool 
that puts it all together for someone that you know wants to get up and running quickly with uh, with web UI or mobile uh, backends. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and and the way to think about it is this is um, the, the, you can scale all of this as well if you know this capability set is not sufficient for you because everything underneath the covers is based on top of CloudFormation. That's AWS's infrastructure as code solution. So if you want to extend it, there's always capabilities like that. But also the other part of that makes that, that this uh, helps make super easy is for you to clone your environments. So for instance, I have a current staging environment, but I can actually literally go in here and clone this into a production environment. What it takes under the hood is it takes the CloudFormation stack that I have to find replaces all the environment variables where I, uh, where I specified staging as environment with production. And basically now I have a one-to-one -one copy of my entire backend, but in two different environments. And that allows me super quickly to test something. If I want to go a little bit crazy, I might as well, you know, first create a new <laughs> environment, you know, try to play around with it pretty extensively and then try to merge it all together, right? So this is just, just a good helper function for you to really get started quickly with your backend. So if, if we talk back uh, about the sandbox a minute, talk kind of talking through the environment setups here with the, the sandbox piece to this, um, what, what does the state of that actually exist in? So like your Pupperdex uh, demo here, what does your sandbox look like that you originally created Pupperdex with? Is it still out there? Is it changing when you're changing data within the full um, uh, admin UI that exists here now. What's what's going yeah, on in the back? So 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, the the content privacy is a top priority here, right? So if you start with the sandbox, right, and then you you deploy it to AWS, or so we do is actually we lock down your sandbox to be inaccessible, so that okay. um, so so it's so so you can basically not retroactively look into people's um, early backend views, if you will, right, and then. Obviously, the privacy aspect there is incredibly important for us. Um, and then moving forward, you can basically just use the Amplify app and UI to do all additional changes. As you can see, I, I clicked into it, and uh, I have my data model here. I can literally go in and deploy new data models. So for instance, in a prior example, you talked about a customer. So I can go and save and deploy this. And now I'm deploying my new data model changes throughout the throughout the um th throughout the amplify admin ui yeah so so this is actually linking up to well i don't know if this is popper decks or not but it, it's actually linking into your staging popper decks is that yeah correct and uh and if my production environment is created um th this will take a while because obviously infrastructure has code so I, I would be able to switch between staging and production through the environment switch on the top that's that's amazing that's really cool yeah, is, is, is there any further effects with that with if you I, I know I'm going out there on a limb here, but if I have my CICD set up and I'm doing a lot of work um, over in GitHub and it creates my dev build, does the staging or sorry, the sandbox always stay in sync with with that environment at that point? So, so yeah, the way to think about the sandbox is really the only place the only time you'll be using it is before you deploy. To AWS. Okay. The moment you deploy, yeah. we completely destroy the uh, or lock down the sandbox from you. We carry over the information into your new deployed backend so that um, nobody else will be able to get that visibility into your backend, right? Okay. And, um, and then on the front end side, you can choose 
um, you can, uh, if you have it hooked up with the CI/CD workflows, you can actually choose which front-end environments should map to which back-end environments, and then you can basically try to have a clone of your production front-end environment with a staging back-end or a staging front-end with a production uh, back-end. There's all these kinds of different combinations that you can play with, yeah. and all of these are really valid use cases. Uh, if, if you have ever been in, you know, trying to do like migrations or de deal with different, yep. uh, different releases, right? Those kind of things are usually life-saving. <laughs> yeah, all those scary moments. You're like, just just go back yeah. to stage. Yeah, let's yeah. just make sure we have a clone of this first before we mess up the entire thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I know we're running up on time a little bit, and so... I wanted to, first of all, thank you. This has been fantastic going through it again. I know I've, I've watched you on kind of the release, but getting hands-on with it with you is, has been incredible. Um, one thing we, we love to do at perfect.dev um, is to do a, a couple uh, of picks. So I, I'll, I'll bring mine up because I know uh, you were kind of thinking about yours, which uh, you may have decided on at this point. So this is this is actually Allie and Renee talking on Twitch about the feature release. I thought this was awesome. It's probably one of the first times I've really dove into to Twitch as something like this was being released. So um, I definitely put that out there for my pick. Um, it was really cool to uh, to see this release happen. So. How about you? What, what's your uh, perfect pick? Uh, I, I think it's got to be uh, that there's much more stuff still coming to Amplify this week. It's reInvent is still full in motion. And so we, we've got uh, we've got a full schedule here, as you can see, on all the different talks that, that are happening throughout this week and next week. And then on, on Thursday, there's going to be another bit of a surprise announcement from Amplify about something pretty major. So look out for look out for that. And, and yeah, containers are coming to AWS Amplify. We'll have what? serverless container deployments through Amplify. So it allows you to, you know, if you're already a container customer uh, running on different clouds, different stacks, or even self-hosting, just bring your Docker file, Docker Compose file. We do single deploy, a single container deployments, multi-container deployments. For your for your APIs, also allow you to host web apps through your containers as well. So this is one of the best mechanisms for you to start getting into Amplify, take all the flexibility that you already have and tie it in really nicely with your front end team. Or if you want to have an escape hatch for some of the capabilities that are not available, use the Amplify uh, uh, Amplify's con uh, container uh, feature launch now to essentially add all these beautiful things through containers. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be amazing. Huge drop okay. right there. Now this has to launch on Thursday. I hope it's not launching earlier now. <laughs> it's going to have to, but you know what? That was so worth it. So we'll we'll, we'll see everyone now that it's Thursday. Yeah, we can exactly. talk about it. So. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks once again, Renee. I hope we can do this again in the future. It sounds like uh, Amplify is really... Pushing, pushing the envelope on mobile and web development. So it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs>